In today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, we're recapping the Heat Bucks Game 5. Heat seal the deal. What is next for Giannis? Also, Lakers are saying that small ball is not going to work for us. Game 3 recap against the Rockets. And also, my boy, Asian D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, gets his extension to stay there and finish his career there in Arizona. That is what's coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. Let's get started. Yes, everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. It is Wednesday. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Hope you all are enjoying your day. We got some news out here. We're going to be recapping the games from last night of basketball, NBA, and DeAndre Hopkins getting paid. Okay, first off, we're going into the Heat Bucks game five. As you know, Heat ready to close out the series. Did they do it last night? Yes, they did. By a final score of 103-94, they closed out the series in five. You know, they had to give him a game there in game four. They had to, you know, not make him look so bad. Giannis didn't play game five. As you know, he exited the previous game with the ankle injury. So, they were without Giannis. The Heat did win game five. They go to the conference finals for the first time since 2014 when they had the big three there with Bosch, LeBron, Wade. But let's get into those some of those stats. Miami Heat, there were six players last night in double figures. Butler led the way with 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Goran Dragic, the Dragon, 17 points. Bam Adebayo added 13 points, 6 rebounds. Tyler Hero, he was trying to get flirt with a little triple-double there. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. And for the Bucks, Chris Middleton, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Brooke Lopez... Added 15 points and 14 rebounds. So, Brooke Lopez got a double-double. And yes, he got some rebounds for once. But it wasn't enough to pull out the win. Now, this will also be Jimmy Butler's first time in the conference finals. As you know, they got knocked out by the Raptors. And that miraculous shot by Kawhi in the corner to send them home when he was there with the Sixers. But now he's with the Heat. They're going to the conference finals for the first time since 2014. Eric Spolstra... I give this guy a lot of credit. His He is an underrated coach in the league. A lot of people think it's that Pat Riley mentality. Yes, Pat Riley has the impact on him. Pat Riley has coached him up. But he is a heck of a head coach. He get they, This organization just gets everybody going. The, the best out of everybody. They know how to develop their young players and have them come together. And, of course, that Jimmy Butler signing in the offseason really propels them to this opportunity for him. They'll likely face the Celtics in the next round. They're up 3-2 against the Raptors right now, unless the Raptors come back. But most likely opponent is going to be the Boston Celtics. But, you know, the reigning potential MVP hasn't been announced yet, but a lot of people expect it to be Giannis, the Greek freak. You know, he he the defensive teams were announced. He made the first team all defense. There were some players in the game, in the series, that made second team, including Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe of 
you know, the Bucks. And also, Bam Adebayo made his second team all defensive there for the Heat. So that's pretty big accomplishments. A lot of defense in this series with these guys, but it, it proves that Miami was just too much for them, especially without Giannis. And I don't know about giving Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe's second best, you know, all team NBA on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, Adebayo, I think, deserves it. You know, a lot of presence wasn't here. At least it didn't show in the in this series. But anyways, happy for those guys. They got their awards there. I mean, I don't agree with a little bit of it. But hey, it was announced. Especially when Jimmy Butler calls the Greek freak the best help defender in the league. Like, hey, it showed him something. He went up against him one-on-one on numerous occasions there and scored on him. So I don't know about this. You know, being the best defensive player in the league and the best overall player in the league, they get, you know, he's going to get it. He's going to get the MVP ahead of LeBron and James Harden and all those guys. But the Greek freak, what is next for him? Because is he going to pull Kevin Durant and join the team that beat him? A lot of people think that is a very likely possibility that he actually goes down the South Beach and joins Miami. Uh, maybe he goes out the Golden State, out West Coast. A lot of people are thinking about that too. But if he goes to one of these, you know, people that beat him, I just, as a player and as a mindset, I don't like it. I just don't like people joining the enemy that beat you. I'll be like, I want to beat that team next year. Maybe he stays. Milwaukee's a small market. You're not really going to get free agents coming in there and wanting to play. But with the change and shift of the NBA, I don't think it really matters too much anymore because the exposure is there no matter what market you're in as a face. No, everybody knows who Giannis is. Everybody knows who he is and he's playing in a small market. But it just goes to, do you want, you know, that extra kind of type of living? (laughs) Do you want to go out west and and, see the sun all the time? You know, the cooler what? And don't have to deal with that snow. You don't have to deal with all that cool weather. You know, they're in Milwaukee. You want to go to South Beach? It's sunny, 90 degrees pretty much all year long here. So, you know, maybe he liked to do that. But as a Miami Heat fan, I if he comes to Miami, they'll be unstoppable for the years to come. They really will. They'll run the East. But I don't like guys who can't get it done. I don't, you know, he's had help. You know, Milton, is he the good wingman for him? You know, he's a... He can't get his own shot every time, but he's a decent player. And I don't know what other team will get him. Those are the two options that everybody's throwing out. Maybe Dallas. Dallas would be a huge fit for him. Maybe he can go to Dallas, pair him with Luka and Porzingis, because Porzingis is always hurt. Dallas got some moves. I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Cuban pulls a little bit of magic himself and tries to get that done. He's been pretty close on big superstars in the past. It just hasn't landed them, though. But I could see that as a big-time possible destination. Him going out in the Western Conference is a lot of competition out there. But having that kind of go there, that would be something for the Dallas Mavericks. And that would be my outside pick for him to go to. But this is something I'm going to post up on the website there, feeltheheatent.com, you know, Entertainment. I'm going to post that question up. What would you like to see Giannis land? You can answer it. Let me know your thoughts and opinions. 
I'm going to get that posted up for you guys today. And let me know where you would like Giannis to land or where do you think the best possibility that he picks? Where will it be? Now let's jump in that other game last night. Game three, Lakers and Rockets. Final score, Lakers 112, Rockets 102. And you know LeBron James and Anthony Davis were loading up on him. Anthony Davis finished with 26 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists. LeBron James, 36.7 rebounds, 5 assists. And the surprise factor of it all, Rashawn Rondo, he's been a few games since the return now. He finished the game with 21 points and 9 assists. And for the Rockets, you know James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to get their numbers. That's all they care about, those individual stats. James Harden, just shy of a triple-double, 33 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Russell Westbrook, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Jeff Green adds 16 points for him. But that is what happened today or last night in the game. Lakers, just too much for the Rockets. Too much for that small ball. That small ball is not going to work. There's nobody that can guard Anthony Davis and LeBron James for the entire game. It's just not going to happen. Their length, their strength. P.J. Tucker can only do so much. I give him his props. I mean, he's going out there and guarding the biggest guys out there all the time, all year long, all playoffs long, and he's trying his best. But you're not going to be able to guard Anthony Davis the whole damn game. This is not going to happen. And that has been evident in these last two games. LeBron James always wants to give them game one. Have you all noticed that? LeBron James seems to always want to give his opponent the game one win, make them feel good about themselves, you know, a little bit, and then come out and just destroy them. That is something he's always done in his career. He just wants to come out. He's like, oh, game one, I'm just feeling you out. Yeah, whatever. You guys won. We lost. Big deal. But now I'm going to destroy you the rest of the series. And that's usually what happens. That's what's happening right now. And I just can't see the Rockets. They, I give the Rockets. They may get another game out of this series. I think they can get another game out of this series. I think the Lakers are going to finish them off in six. Just because, you know, LeBron James is going to make him feel good for a little bit. Make him think that small ball is going to beat him. And, then, <laughs> and that's just what's going to happen. And then we're going to see those Western Conference Finals. L.A. versus L.A. You know what's going to happen, guys. I'm going to keep preaching it. It's going to happen. It's all set up for it to happen. But a key uh, takeaway here, three-point field goal percentage during this game. The Lakers were 10 of 30. The Rockets were 12 of 30. I had to glance back down at the stat sheet again. Because I remember I watched the game for a little bit there, and I was like, where is the (laughs) three-pointers? They were driving to the hoop. They were getting to the rim. Russell Westbrook, James Harden did their thing. They were getting to the rim. But, I mean, last series they were going, how many? It was like 40s and 50s, like every game for them. I expected them to try and go for 60, but they didn't do that. I can't. They shot the same three-point field goals as the Lakers. As the Lakers. That is amazing to me. Of this three-point ball and the small ball that they always play. You know, it's just amazing to me. <laughs> they only got 30. That's weird to say they only got 30, but that's as much as you should have during a game. You shouldn't have more than 33 point attempts during a game. But the Rockets like to try and double that time to time. But anyways, that was a pretty big glaring stat. Another glaring stat, Lakers out-rebounding them by a final of 43 to 30. So they're out-rebounding them by 13. I mean... When you look at the rebounds, too, you go through all the stats here. Every point, rebound, and assist pretty much came from 
James Harden or Russell Westbrook. That's and Jeff Green. That, that was it. It's like these guys aren't allowed to get rebounds. They're not allowed to get assists because they're so ball dominant, and they're nobody else can get going sometimes. And this was the case today. You can have all the numbers you want, but if nobody else is scoring, nobody else is even getting a rebound or an assist. Then what's the point? What's the point of playing the game, man? Like, what is the point? Like, I would like to be able to grab a rebound there, Russell. Hey, James, can I can I dish the ball off to you instead of you standing in the corner when you don't have it? Like, that's what I would love to see from Houston. And you're not going to see it because they're so ball dominant and they love their stats. They love the individual stats. And this is what happens. It's what's going to happen during this series. They, they should have lost last series. They should have lost game seven versus the Thunder. But they survived it miraculously by some poor play down the stretch but they were able to come out and win the series they got a little luck on their side but another big thing is when Rashawn Rondo scores eight straight points there in the fourth (laughs) and he hit a couple of over threes Rashawn Rondo was three of five from three during the game he deed up hard in there in the fourth during part of that run stole the ball from went the others you know took it down there and they scored, and I was like, wow, they're going this 10-0 run. Rondo's got eight straight points. Like, that was, Rashawn Rondo's a playoff guy. That's a key piece, especially when they go on the face, the Clippers. Because Rashawn Rondo is in playoff mode. He's in playoff mode. He's just a different person, different player. And that's what I love about him. Rashawn Rondo is that dude in the playoffs. So he can't really shoot from the outside. If he goes three for five, he kind of got to live with it. If he scores 21 points, you kind of got to live with it. But I love his attitude. And I love his playoff. He, you know, he's with that Celtics championship team, so he knows all about it. He's with those, you know, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. He knows what he's doing. And it's a big pickup to have him come back and being ready for this series and going forward. Switching over to the NFL, one of my favorite guys in the league, one of my favorite wide receivers I've ever watched. DeAndre Hopkins, Agent D-Hop, as he calls himself nowadays, because he negotiated his own deal. All the things that are in the deal, the money, the clauses, everything negotiated by him himself. No agent. He's his own agent. He's the player. He likes to, he, he wanted to say, hey, my playing career is done. I want to be able to be in the front office, crunching numbers and all that. Hey, great idea, D-Hop. Way to negotiate your deal. He agreed to a two-year Extension worth $54.5 million. $42.5 million of that is guaranteed. Basically, he had three years left on his deal. He extends it by two. Kind of renegotiated there a little bit. Five, so it's five years. It's going to last to 2024. $94 million over you know five years of his contract. It's going to average $18.8 million a year now. So that's what he's going to get. What a great deal by him. What a great, you know... Uh, negotiation process because the thing I like about this deal, I don't understand why a lot of big time NFL players don't try to make this in their contract because this is the highlight of it. There's a no trade clause and there's a no franchise tag clause in the contract. That is something that a lot of these big players, when they renegotiate these deals, need to start doing. You know, I don't understand why they don't do it. Because that puts the uh, pressure on the owner, puts the pressure on the whole organization. Like they can't just cut you 
you know, or try to trade you for no reason. Like what happened to him with Houston? Traded him for nothing. And we all know there's perimeters of that deal. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but I don't understand why a lot of high-profile athletes don't do this in the NFL. I would not want to be franchised year in, year out. Dak Prescott is going through it right now. Yeah, you get a lot of money up front. But in the long term, you don't have that financial stability to really do anything. Because they can. a lot of the deals are front-loaded, too. That You get all that guaranteed in the first two, maybe three years. You get nothing on the back end. Like I say, buy, see later, cut you, trade you. Do whatever they want. Franchise like they shouldn't not have that option. I would not want to be held hostage on a franchise tag, especially coming off a rookie deal in today's game. You know, this NFL needs to I don't know why the player association never negotiated that part of the deal. Stop with the franchise tagging. Like I would not want to do that, especially if the club is going nowhere, the organization's a laughing stock, and you just see no kind of development and anything going on and within the organization. I would not want to be held hostage on a franchise tag. I won't be able to go sign where I want to sign if I choose to leave or negotiate a long-term deal. That's just me. I don't want to, I would like to see more NFL players do that. And big props to DeAndre Hopkins for putting that in the contract. Arizona trusts him. The whole organization trusts him. He came out and said, I'd love to be part of an organization that trusts me and trusts themselves and trusts what's going to happen in the future. They're building a bright future there. Kyler Murray. I had some doubts on him, whether he was worthy of that number one pick or not. I had some doubts there with Cliff Kingsbury as being the head coach. We know with a losing record there at Texas Tech. But hey, everything looks like it's coming up. They're building that team, both sides of the ball, pretty damn good. So we'll see what happens. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be there. Larry Fitzgerald is probably his last year. I don't know how he's still doing it, but he's still being productive. But that's going to be cool to see D-Hop and Larry Fitzgerald, the same jerseys, you know, for the team out there. That's going to be pretty cool to see. And, of course, you know, Larry Fitzgerald finally hangs it up. There's somebody. Now they have somebody there to be the number one to pick up where Larry Fitzgerald left off and just keep the, go, keep the ball rolling, keep the chains moving. You know, so that's impressive to see. You know, let's get into this, man. I mean, he's had a five 1,000-yard seasons out of the six years He's been in the league. That's why I love this guy. He's a, one of the top receivers in the league. He's right there with Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. You know, those are like the top three guys. But the thing that's so m- most impressive about him is that he's done it with 10 other quarterbacks. 10. Now, if you count 11, that's Deshaun Watson. He's the one he's had recently. That's the only stability he's had at quarterback during his whole entire career. And that is saying something. He's putting up the same receptions, yards, touchdowns as those guys. And Julio Jones has had Matt Ryan his entire career. Michael Thomas has had Drew Brees his entire career. So they got great, great quarterbacks. Drew Brees is the all-time leader in pretty much every statistical category now quarterback. And he's going to get more during this year. So it is impressive. Let's list these quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> Case Keenum, Ryan Mallett, Matt Schaub, uh, who else? Brian Hoyer, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, remember him? Brock Osweiler, who they brought in in that huge contract there when they signed him when he was a freezer from Denver. Where is he at? Nowhere to be found. AJ McCarron and Tom Savage. Look at all those quarterbacks. 
Most of them aren't in the league anymore. Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing, starting for Miami. You know, Matt Schaub, but I think he's still backing up Matt Ryan in Atlanta, I guess. But the other, other guys, like they never had outstanding careers. Case Keenum had his moments. Ryan Horace had his moments there. But, I mean, <laughs> this is, for you to be able to put up those kind of numbers with those quarterbacks who's never had, like, a really outstanding year, and other than them being there in Houston and had a few stops here as backups on the way across the league, for you to put up those numbers, that's pretty damn impressive. And that's why I love him. And for Bill O'Brien to trade you to Arizona for nothing, he traded you in a fourth-round pick for David Johnson, the running back, a second-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. The most absurd trade in the history of the NFL, probably next to that Herschel Walker trade. This is abysmal and more than the main reasons why he didn't want to give DeAndre Hopkins a pay raise. They had a falling out. Whatever. They didn't get along. Whatever you want to see it. But you're going to pay David Johnson, who hasn't had a great year since 2016, 10 point so two million on the books this year. And it go keeps going up next year and next year. Like, why would you want to do that and not pay DeAndre Hopkins an extra few million a year? That's all he had to do. Fork out an extra few minutes to extend him. I will want that pairing of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins to keep going. That's that's a tandem that could have been the one of the best tandems that NFL has ever seen. It could have been a Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. It could have been a Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. That is what you dream of. And you gave him away for nothing. My buddy, my pal, my homie. Bill O'Brien, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> oh, man, the pain. The pain and suffering you're going to give Houston forever. You took away a potential Hall of Fame tandem of quarterback and wide receiver. You took it away. And then you go out and trade for Brandon Cooks, who's hurt every year. Will Fuller, he's hurt every year. Kenny Stills, he's hurt every year. DeAndre Hopkins is out there on one leg, one hand, arm, and everything you can imagine. Catching balls from quarterbacks that you've never even heard of. You have to do your research to go back and figure out what in the world, who in the world was throwing him the ball. And look at the list. I mean, Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, Ryan Mallett. Oh, man, it's just Brandon Whedon. The pain, the suffering. All you Houston fans. I feel for you. I feel your pain. My heart is hurting for you right now because Bill O'Brien runs the show and ran him out. But he's paying everybody else. He paid Deshaun Watson. He paid Zach Cunningham. He's paid the Aaron Tunsil. He's throwing out money like candy to everybody else except for DeAndre Hopkins, who is now in Arizona. I wish him all the best. I hope Arizona goes out there and I hope D-Hop's going to have a good year. I expect that. And that offense there with Kyler Murray, I expect big things. I don't really expect too much out of Houston. But we'll see what happens. Time is going to tell. Time's going to tell. We're going to find out this year, especially Thursday night. I'm looking forward to the matchup, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not in Houston no more. You're going to get, you could have had an opportunity to get revenge. Houston, Kansas City, Thursday night. That's tomorrow. 
NFL season premieres. But we'll see what happens, you know. We'll see if this Bill O'Brien game one, week one of the NFL season, prime time, first game of the year. We're going to see how Bill O'Brien and that Houston Texans franchise works out. Okay, guys, that's going to do for today's episode. I'm getting all wild up there. Kind of don't want to end it. We're going to end it on that note. I want to thank y'all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your host, Tanner Christian, of course. Remember, Monday through Fridays, available on all platforms. Streaming anywhere you want. Stream right on the website, Spotify, Apple, whatever works best for you. Remember, uh, Instagram there, feeltheheatentertainment.com is the website as well. So check it out. Remember, I'm going to put up some questions up there on the website. You can react to them. Let me know your thoughts and opinions, especially on the Giannis deal. I want to thank you all for joining me, and peace out. See you all tomorrow.